in the instance where an organization has completely eliminated username and passwords and they're using the passkey technology, when the enterprise is breached, there's nothing of value to steal because all of the components required to authenticate a customer, they don't exist in the enterprise. Only decentralized components or parts of the puzzle exist in the enterprise. You're listening to KBCast, the cybersecurity podcast for all executives. Cutting through the jargon and hype to understand the landscape where risk and technology meet. Now, here's your host, Carissa Breen. Joining me today is Dave Monsell, CEO of Haven Tech. And today we're talking about Apple's take on going past with this for the future. Dave, great to speak to you again. It's been a while. You were probably one of my earlier guests back in the day. So it's really great to have you back to explore a little bit more about passwordless. Thanks. Great to be back. And thanks for the opportunity to reconnect with your audience. So talk to me a little bit more. What is your take on Apple going passwordless? Well, we believe that Apple's push, and in actual fact, a number of the big technology businesses push is a really welcome step in helping businesses, brands, other enterprises start the process of eliminating the risk associated with the, the low assurance username and password. And, and for those listeners who are familiar with the Haven Tech business and one of the podcasts we did with yourselves a couple of years ago, you'll know that this push into passwordless, we as an organization believe that it is an important step in certainly addressing one of the the key challenges that organizations have with the low assurance means that they're using to authenticate their customers at the moment. Now, the username and the password, it's been around since at least 1961. It has proved exceedingly resilient. And, and now we, on average, a report that we read from NordPass from last year, we all have on average 100 passwords that we need to remember and manage. And now that goes to a great extent to how successful they've been as a solution. But I think if you ask any Australian, do they really, or anyone on the planet for that matter, do they really want to have to manage 100 passwords? I'm, I'm guessing the answer is going to be more often no than it is going to be yes. What's also interesting from a lot of the breach data out there in the marketplace at the moment is within the breach data, the messages that those who have been compromised are leaving is that they don't want to manage multiple passwords. They don't want to manage passwords uh, that are difficult to remember. I mean, the, the top password, for example, was one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, and then it was the word password. So it's no wonder that, you know, last year there were 2 billion passwords st- stolen. That's according to Fordrock. And so with all of that as context, I, I think the push by, the large technology organizations and Apple into a space that's important, where there is a market need, uh, and that market need is only growing, is a really positive development. There will be some caveats to all of this, though. I do think that 
when we talk about passwordless, we we certainly want to focus on not just the user experience component of that authentication process, but also the the elimination of the risk that has been faced by many large organizations for storing usernames and passwords on behalf of their customers. So I think as we go through this discussion, it'd be good to <laughs> like the opportunity to highlight beyond the user experience, what organizations should be looking for to make a transformation in the space, not only to improve the user experience, but also to address the enterprise risk and ultimately enhance their position against regulations and the Privacy Act for that matter. Yeah, great points. I think one thing that you said before is when the password was around, yes, it's showing great resiliency. I think it was probably also because we only like had one password that we were logging into things. But now, like you said, 100 plus is all the tools and stuff we got to use for our, for our jobs and then everything else like Netflix and all these other things that we have to log into. It's quite exhausting. And I like the, your comment, Dave, around the user experience because it is frustrating. The amount of times that people have to reset passwords because they can't remember. And they do then default to password one, two, three, four, five, six, because it's easy for them to remember. So I think that we've sort of bred this ground of people using basic passwords because there are so many systems they need to log into. So that's probably why they do it in terms of the psychology. And I think that I'd love to focus on the user experience side of things, because again, as consumers want to make it as easy as possible to log into things. So do you think from your experience and things that you're seeing in the market, moving away from having passwords and, and having the even the cognitive ability to think about a long password or a strong password, will this become easier then if you just focus this on the consumers for people? We actually think over the, the near to medium term that enterprises should be looking at multiple offerings to authenticate their customers in a way that is that is done in a high assurance way. So we think that's important. And while the passwordless user experience will be, you know, one of the offerings that are relevant to certain segments or sub-segments of your customer base, we believe that, you know, for some parts of your customer base that they are going to want to hold on to a username and password because they're comfortable with it. It's an experience that they are familiar with, so they know how to use it. And as a consequence, while passwordless will be important, I think recognizing that your digital front door should support multiple means of confidently authenticating your customers in a way that doesn't open up up to any additional risk, we think that's an important decision criteria for organizations who are looking to transform this aspect of their digital channels. What do you mean, you said before, like multiple offerings, but high assurance. What do you mean by high assurance? The security researchers consider that just the username password combination as a low assurance means of authentication. It is, you know, we see from the breach data that it's not typically a strong combination with most people using easy to guess passwords. As a consequence of some of the breaches and the extent to which these breaches are occurring 
access to people's username and passwords can be found in darker spots on the web. And as a consequence, relying simply on a username and a password for ongoing authentication of your customers is a low assurance way of doing it. Now, one common high assurance way of minimizing the impact of the low assurance username and password is to introduce another factor into the authentication process. A number of us are familiar with either a six-digit PIN being sent to your phone or an authenticator app. That adds a second factor to the authentication process and provides the brand with some additional confidence that the person they're authenticating is their legitimate customer or patient or whoever it turns out to be. That's high assurance. And then these initiatives like Passkey, the HavenTech Authenticate solution, they're all high assurance authentication solutions because they rely on multiple factors to authenticate a customer. Gotcha. Okay. Guess multiple factors with, you know, passwordless as well. So completely removing the password, but then you've got either Google Authenticator, for example, if you're logging into Google or, yeah, something being sent to your phone like the PIN. We think that passwordless is a fantastic way of helping get your customers quickly and conveniently through your digital front door because it's, it's low friction. It can be as easy as putting in a four-digit PIN or a face ID or a fingerprint. It's a really good way of getting your customers to where they want to be, not stumbling through a complicated authentication process, but onto the other side of the authentication wall, doing what you want them to do within that digital interactions. And, and passwordless is a great way of doing that. We believe that some of your customer base, they're going to stay wedded to username and passwords for a while longer. Some of your customer base are going to you know, start to look at some of the authentication options that are emerging, like verifiable credentials. And we believe it's going to be important for a brand, especially those brands who are competing digitally, to not just, you know, as a user experience, don't just think about passwordless as the, as the answer or whatever multi-factor authentication solution you're using, but supporting multiple ways of authenticating your customer that allows your customer to choose what they're comfortable with. But doing that in a way that doesn't open the enterprise up to any additional risk, which is the high assurance component. And we do see initiatives like, you know, Passkey helping to progress that and helping to progress that what we feel in the right direction. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And one of the things that was coming to my mind as you're speaking, I talk about digital front door, if we look at an elementary example on, I don't know, someone accessing an e-commerce site, probably not you know, buying stuff off an e-com site every day, but maybe it's like once a month or once every few months. And then all of a sudden, oh, I can't remember my password. So as a result, they can be bothered trying to reset it. Then they just go, they go elsewhere or they don't buy anything from the retailer. So I think that should be able to enable, you know, better revenue for businesses because people aren't, like you said, they're not complicating how they, you know, authenticate themselves, whether they're logging into something or they're accessing something as well. So this is going to be an upsider for people to, to get more money out of consumers as well. Well, there certainly is, you know, there's research out there that a complicated authentication process or complicated authentication steps close to a transaction 
we'll see customers dropping off and that's a direct hit to revenue. Complicated authentication process can also discriminate against the elderly and the less able because they find moving across multiple devices, typing in numbers from one device into another device is inherently confusing. And the WC3 estimate that around 15% of the population find a lot of the conventional multi-factor authentication solutions very difficult to use to the extent where that they cannot navigate their way through that authentication process. So, so you're right. A lot of the solutions that have been leaned on at the moment, they are they're slowing down business and they're also having a negative impact on your ability to penetrate the entire market as well as, in some instances, seeing you lose revenue. So getting this right, getting this right is going to be great for business and it's also going to help speed up business. Because you're going to be able to do it more confidently. You're going to know if you've issued your customers with high assurance credentials like pass keys, that you can get them quickly and conveniently through your digital front door and then doing what you want them to be doing. And if it's buying something, you know, they've already navigated the authentication process and you can confidently go about doing business with them. Now, following the announcement that Apple made a few months ago or a few weeks ago, about them going past with this, but then other companies as well of sort of making their move as well. So do you believe that we will start to see pass with this become more ubiquitous? I mean, obviously I'm in the security space. So yes, I'm seeing it from that from that front. But when we, we're talking about companies like Apple, which have a solid foothold in the market and they're saying this, obviously other companies will follow. So will we start to see more of this from your perspective? Well, as somebody that has to manage 100 passwords, I hope so. <laughs> but, but jokes aside, I do think the fact that Apple, Google, and Microsoft have all said they're going to gravi- gravitate around the same standard, this is going to be great because it really is going to accelerate the availability of goodless offerings and passkey offerings in the marketplace. The questions on how ubiquitous it's going to get, I think it's going to be a difficult one to second guess at the moment, given how early we are in the introduction of some of this, this new passkey technology. Think about it, the instance from a, from a brand, take for example, one of the banks, they're interested in this passkey technology. They are, they are going to be dependent on the uptake by their customer base of hardware and software that is compatible with the new standards that have been introduced by the Passkey Initiative. And so while the brand may itself benefit from providing a passwordless offering using the Passkey technology to their customer base, it's likely to only ever be a percentage of that customer base for a period of time until all of their customers you know, have adopted the hardware and software that supports the standard. And so the brand's probably not going to be able to be in full direct control of the uptake of some of the benefits associated with Passkey because they're dependent on their customers, you know, buying and upgrading to new technology, which will mean the other benefit of Passkey, which is ultimately the elimination of the need to store and manage 
large numbers of username and passwords in the enterprise, that doesn't go. That doesn't go until you know your customer base has fully adopted the new standards. And I think that's going to be you know the challenge for many organisations who are you know looking at some of the new technology. Well, I think the user experience benefits are obvious. How do they minimise the costs and the operational risks of getting from the username and password authentication experience across the passkey in a way that you know has an end date because they know all of their customers will have adopted the adopted the new standards. I don't think that's going to be that's going to be a challenge for organisations who are wanting to take their customers on a passwordless user experience journey that's dependent on the, the standards that passkey is dependent on. Do I still think it's in the right direction? I do. Do I think there are likely to be for many organizations stepping stones on the way to that full passwordless experience? C- certainly we do. And, and within our customer base, we've found organizations who do want to go straight to a passwordless experience good example of that for us is Ubank, whose who's customers right now, all of their customers authenticate with either a four-digit PIN or a biometric, and they don't have to store any usernames and passwords anywhere within their enterprise because the technology is not dependent on, on a standard. But we've also got other customers who don't want to go out to their user base just yet to change their authentication experience but they're looking for ways of introducing a higher assurance authentication. And, you know, for those customers, we've found that our silent multi-factor authentication solution is a step in the right direction because it introduces high assurance authentication, but it also allows them to, when they're ready and when they believe their customer base is ready to introduce a genuinely passwordless authentication experience. So Dave, I want to talk to you about passkeys. You mentioned it a few times. So I'm keen to understand for our audience who perhaps are not familiar. Would you be able to explain a little bit more about what it is? Yeah. So they're an open standard password replacement solution that uses asymmetric cryptography that provides more security and better protection of those credentials while simultaneously being far simpler to use. It's essentially a FIDO login credential that's tied to a website or an application and a physical device using cryptographic keys. And passkeys allow users to authenticate without having to enter a username, a password, or provide any other authentication factor. They can do it simply by a biometric face ID or a a fingerprint. This technology's aim is to replace the need for the use of passwords as the primary authentication mechanism and in doing so, provide organizations with the ability to eliminate the organizational and operational risk and cost associated with storing username and passwords on behalf of their customers. The introduction of passkeys into 
you know, our everyday lives is going to be coupled with operating system and hardware rollouts that Apple and Google and Microsoft will be doing over the near to medium term. With iOS 16's release, iOS 16 includes support for Passkey and macOS Ventura, which I believe is launching this month, also includes support for Passkey. The really clever thing about this innovation is it builds on the Fido solution in a way that takes advantage of the device that's sitting in your hand and the key that's used to authenticate that customer never leaves their device. And actually, fact, the private key stays locked on your device. The server that you're interacting with, the bank, the organization that is offering you the service or the application that you're connecting to, it holds the public key and the authentication of you occurs through a challenge between uh, the organization's server and the application. And once that challenge is successfully responded to, the user is verified and passed through to the application. Really easy to use and built on, you know, public-private key infrastructure that's proven exceedingly resilient and exceedingly effective since its introduction back in the 70s. But flipping the model in that it's not, the, the enterprise holds the public key, not the private key. And you as the, the consumer, the customer, the, the patient, you hold the private key on your device. So what I'm hearing from what you're saying is that passkey is going to be inherently a safer solution. That's right. And if you go to the operational risk of storing a whole lot of username and passwords for an enterprise where they get themselves in trouble from a regulatory perspective is when their enterprise gets breached, the whole of the username and passwords stolen. And that allows whoever's got access to that information to use that to, to commit other acts. In the instance where an organization has completely eliminated username and passwords and they're using the passkey technology. When the enterprise is breached, there's, there's nothing of value to steal because all of the components required to authenticate a customer, they don't exist in the enterprise. Only decentralized components or parts of the puzzle exist in the enterprise. I think that definitely makes sense. And I I definitely agree with all your points. And you mentioned something before around a company not looking to sort of transform their how they authenticate, you know, their customers yet. Why do you think that's the case? Do they not want to disrupt, you know, what's happening in their business? Is it too hard? Like what's sort of the reasoning? And I mean, like moving towards anything and doing something new is always a challenge. Maybe Pavlov's still having his way with some of us in, in relation to our conditioned response to a experiences that we are familiar with. I can give you the experience that we've had as a business over the last couple of years introducing our technology. And our, our technology is a passwordless user experience with a genuinely passwordless architecture underneath it. So within our authentication solution, there are no passwords anywhere. When we're going and introducing the technology to organizations, I love the story around how we can eliminate operational risk associated with 
you're storing username and password. They loved how easy it is to implement and integrate into their existing identity and access management solution. And they also like the fact that they can introduce our offering to their customer base, regardless of what device they're coming in from. So it's not dependent on a a standard that's been rolled out across operating systems and browsers. But we found with, you know, a lot of organizations that we talk to, and it sort of comes back to the user experience, and I'm paraphrasing this, but Dave, we've just spent the last decade telling our customers that longer, like a longer password is stronger. And you want me to go go and tell them that a four-digit PIN is better? I think we've got to take them on a journey to that particular point. And that journey is going to take some time and that journey is going to take some education. And for many brands, that time and that education, they want to do that as more often than not as part of some broader digital transformation they're doing across their customer base. So if you take a bank, for example, you know, to couple that transition from username and password to, you know, a four-digit pin or, or a biometric with maybe a broader digital transformation. And so they get the benefits of going out to their customer base, talk to them, not just about how they make it easier to get through the digital front door, but all the other benefits of once they get when they get over to the other side of the digital front door. So including this as part of a bigger transformation. That said, they're still really interested in what they can do to introduce additional factors or high assurance authentication into the existing username and password process. And I think we're all familiar with it, you know, whether it's a MyGov ID for the MyGov account being sent to your phone or it's going to an authenticator app to tie in a six-digit PIN. Those are options for for many organizations. It is interesting that we've also heard for a lot of organizations looking to introduce high assurance authentication, they're as reluctant, or not reluctant, reluctance probably not the right word, but they they don't want to go out and tell them to move to a four-digit PIN, but they they're also... They don't really want to go out and tell them to type in a six-digit PIN from an SMS or from an authenticator app. So they, they don't really also want to disrupt the customer base with the introduction of a conventional multi-factor authentication experience. And that's where we've found with our rolling key technology, uh, the introduction of silent multi-factor authentication last month as a good partway point for organizations who are wanting to Introduce high assurance authentication, keep usernames and password in, in place, but start the journey towards offering passwordless and truly passwordless authentication. Yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying in terms of what the clients were saying on, you, we've told people to have long, strong passwords and now we're saying we've got to default back to like four digit pin. So I totally hear from that perspective and that, make, that makes sense from, from a business point of view. There's a couple of things I want to sort of get your opinion on now, Dave, is talking a little bit more about FIDO or Fast Identity Online Alliance, like what they do for people who perhaps are not familiar. And the other thing that I know is that they've worked for nearly a decade to create a unified format for online authentication. Yeah, that's right. Haven Tech is a member of the FIDO Alliance, so we're, we're familiar with them. We like the alliance. We like what they're trying to do. We certainly like what they're trying to advance from a privacy perspectives as well as from a 
user experience perspective. The main goal of the FIDO Alliance is to change the nature of authentication with open standards that are more secure than passwords and simpler to use for consumers. And I think you've provided some examples of that during the discussion that we've had to date. It's an important alliance. There are some big names amongst the members, including Apple, Google, Microsoft, as well as Amazon. The mission itself is to develop technical standards that define an open, scalable, interoperable set of mechanisms that reduce the reliance on passwords to authenticate users, to operate industry certification programs to help ensure successful adoption of these specifications, as well as submitting mature technical specs to recognize standard development by organizations of formal standardization of FIDO specifications. What's interesting in itself, and I think you mentioned it, it was, it's, been, it's been around for a while. I think it was founded back in 2013 and the FIDO 2 standard, which introduced some biometric offerings as well, has been around since April 2018. My memory serves me correctly. The fact that they have, the Alliance has been around for a decade and yet 2 billion passwords were compromised last year, according to Fordrock. That's a 35% increase from the year before. Gives you a little bit of a sense of the challenge that we all face getting rid of passwords. Yes. So... Okay, this leads me to my next question, which I'm really curious about. What does this mean for password management companies that are out there? We've just spoken the whole conversation about getting rid of passwords. Passwords are annoying. They're, we don't really need them anymore. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. If you'd asked me this question when we met a couple of years ago, with everything I knew around how fragile and brittle the username password experience was, I would have been materially more optimistic around how quickly organizations were going to adopt authentication solutions like those that exist within the FIDO Alliance, like the passkey solution that materially improved the customer experience while addressing a key organizational risk, and that's the storage and management of large stores of username and passwords. So I thought passwordless and truly passwordless solutions, a great way to make it easier for your customers to authenticate themselves and reduce the operational risk of having to store all of your username and passwords. With the benefit of the last couple of years, I mean, I flippantly make a joke that you know, the, the nuclear winter statement that cockroaches will survive, I think passwords are going to survive as well. I do think having an ambition of making it easier and more convenient for your customer base to digitally act, interact with you online and at the same time look for opportunities to reduce organizational risk associated with the management of username and passwords is what, you know, it's the advice that we're giving our clients and the new organizations that we talk to. I think a strategy that doesn't take into account 
that certain applications, certain segments of your customer base will want to keep using username and passwords could be in for some trouble. I think it's it's a blind spot if the organization doesn't take into account the possibility that some of their customers will want to continue to use the username password combo to get access to a service. So would you say that in terms of market share though, if we zoom out, password management companies, because people are, you know, just say hypothetically arbitrary numbers, 30% of people now are going to take up passwordless type of solutions over a password manager. So does that then mean that password management companies would lose potential 30% revenue? I certainly wouldn't go there. I certainly think for the near to medium term, the password managers and the role that they play in our life will continue to be there because while you're, you know, some of the brands that you interact with, they might start to offer passwordless authentication experiences. And if they're the passkey ones, they're going to be dependent on, you know, the adoption of the standard or you as the customer having access to a device and operating system that is compliant with the standard. But if you've got other devices that aren't, you you, you might have a workstation that's five years old that you want to continue to use, then you might, for some of your devices, you know, have a passwordless authentication, but you still might need to manage a username and password for some of the devices that you still own that you want to connect to some of your digital services. So actually, there is a scenario where the role of password managers, in actual fact, increases in the the near term to allow individuals to manage the transition from, you know, the username password combo to genuinely passwordless. Because as an end user of a lot of these services, it's very likely that I will need to use for a period of time, an indeterminate period of time, a combination of one or the other, passwordless or username and password to get access to the digital service. So my hypothesis is that there is a role that foodless managers are well positioned to play in helping customers transition from these different user experiences, especially those passwordless offerings that are dependent on the introduction of new standards. So if we look at, for example, like electric cars. So there's some people who drive in electric cars. It's not really ubiquitous at the moment, but, you know, over time, we probably won't you know, drive petrol cars or diesel cars anymore. And I mean, over time, I mean like a long period of time. Depends on how quickly we need to move to that. But would you say like if you were to fast forward, I don't know, let's just say 10 years, will password managers still be in the same form as they are today? Because I I do hear what you're saying. I'm just trying to get a grasp of will eventually they fade out over time or do you think there's always going to be a need there? So my hope is that certainly in my lifetime, that I no longer need to have a password manager in my life because the technology organizations that I depend on have come up with a way of allowing me to confidently use one pin or one fingerprint or one face ID for everything. That is my hope. A lot easier as well. (laughs) That's right. So Dave, in terms of sort of final thoughts or any sort of closing comments, do you have anything that you'd like to leave our audience with today? It goes back to one of the points on the process that organizations go through as they transition from 
the authentication experience they've got in the marketplace now to a whatever their target state might be, and that might be passwordless. We do think, and certainly organizations that we engage with believe it's going to be important, is to design a target architecture and a journey that allows your customers to choose their preferred authentication mechanism, at least for the near term, so that you can take your customers on the journey that you would like to take them to, which is ultimately to a you know, simple, convenient, high assurance way of authenticating themselves every time they connect to your applications. But on that journey, ensure that you are only offering high assurance solutions to authenticate your customers. And so addressing some of the weaknesses of the current username password authentication experience as a first step towards passwordless would encourage organizations to at least start there because that's going to provide them with the ability to you know minimize what is the primary privacy challenge for many organizations which is the fact that username and passwords are inherently weak can't be relied on, too easily stolen, too easily told to somebody else. So address that now and that will help. And if you've chosen the right solution to help address that now, that's going to help you on your path towards a passwordless, a truly passwordless authentication experience for your for your customers. Well, as you say, Dave, hopefully in my lifetime, I don't have to see another password, type one in or reset one ever again. And I would be a very happy uh, consumer. Yeah, you and me both. So thanks very much for your time, Dave, and thanks for coming back on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. We hope that you found today's episode useful and you took away a few key points. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get our latest episodes. This podcast is brought to you by Merksec, the specialists in security, search, and recruitment solutions. Visit MerckSec.com to connect today. If you'd like to find out how KBI can help grow your cyber business, then please head over to kbi.digital. This podcast was brought to you by KBI.media, the voice of cyber.